The Secrets of Silver and Gold, Chapter 8. Drill the hole right here. The man with the power drill looked at the speaker with a blank expression on his face. The young man moves his finger away after giving the drill operator a few moments to memorize the spot where his finger was pointing. You will need to go about a meter point two. When you get about halfway, the drill will power out. There is a quartz deposit, but it is only about three centimeters thick. Just want to warn you, it will rattle the teeth right out of your gums. The smile on the young man's face told the driller he was not being a know-it-all, even though he was being a know-it-all. How can you possibly think there is an open space right behind this wall? We are over eight kilometers from our air supply. We have approximately five hours of breathable air before we have to retreat. The driller looked into the man's eyes to see if the information was registering. If you are careful when you hit that quartz, I'll let you have the first breath. I am betting you can get through this wall in four and a half hours. Betting was an old term with little value in the new society. The young man knew this but enjoyed using it anyway. A big smile formed on the driller's face. I'll see your bet and raise you the chore of carrying this drill back. He too knew the old term and discovered it did have value. He didn't enjoy the thought of carrying the equipment back to the cart. It was only two kilometers back, but that would be far enough after drilling for four and a half hours. The cart marked the reach of the previous surveyors. When the surveyors reached that point, they cleared the rubble and debris on the floor of the cave to develop a track for wheels to ride in. This also helped the explorers navigate the network of passages. The cave was searched beyond this point, but no value in the space was realized. Too deep to drill up to get fresh air, no large spaces for building purposes, and too far from fresh air to spend any amount of time. No value. The young man slapped the driller on his back and smiled his agreement. I will set up the fans and get the generator going. The driller gave the young man a thumbs up as he hoisted the drill into position, then paused and relaxed as he watched Tyler set up the framework that would become a stationary bike used to generate the electricity for the drill. When folded up, the frame became a dolly that would also carry the battery pack used to level out the voltage generated and consumed. A few minutes later, the fans were moving the dusty air deeper into the cave. With any luck, they would not experience a backdraft and have the dust blow back at them. Breathing through a mask for both of them made it more difficult, but a blowback would make it almost impossible to continue. The young man unfolded the legs, adjusted the arms, and prepared to start the generator. Lifting his left foot onto the pedal with his hands braced on the handles, Tyler drew in a deep breath and began generating the power the driller would use to operate the tool. This generator was created with an elliptical trainer design where both arms and legs could be used to create momentum. To make a statement like Tyler retreated into himself would be using far too few words to describe the person he had become. Eight kilometers into the cave would be an accurate measurement of the distance he retreated, 
and a reasonable measure for the distance his mind had withdrawn. For days after his walk with Thor, Tyler moped around the living quarters trying to sort out the tragedy he had created. His friends were relentless, not knowing why Tyler should be acting this way. Finally, after a constant bombardment of questions from his parents, he left the living quarters and roamed the corridors of the lower settlement. He paused to stare at the empty husk of beautiful black rock. This is where I could live for a few thousand years. The thought bounced around his head while he studied the design of the interior. One hundred eggs and ten dragons lived in this space, for much more than that few thousand years. All those eggs, all those friendly conversations. Did they have conversations amongst each other? Tyler realized this was not what he needed and walked away. The placards that presented the names of the ten dragons who emerged from the nest caught his eye. He turned and faced them, studied the names trying to figure out if these names were as old as the dragons or just adopted by the dragons after they woke. He pondered how much information Tyler had on this topic. He felt a moment of rage as the face of his great-grandfather entered his mind. He realized quickly that the rage was misplaced and allowed his mind to clear. Frustrated with the confusion, he glanced across the placards one more time and walked away. Tyler would discover after many journeys through the lower corridors that there was another world beyond the polished rock of the corridor. A diamond in the rough, passages that did not see regular traffic, actually almost no traffic at all. Every generation adopted a new idea of going further into the cave to make a major discovery for the settlement. A deposit of something that would add to the settlement's prosperity. The loneliness of the missing friend would fuel his desire to explore deeper than anyone else unassisted would make it. His ability to navigate always aided him in getting back to his living quarters just after his parents left for work giving him the freedom to elude any and all people that cared deeply for his well-being. The gang continued to worry. Cassie more than the duplicates, a name Tyler gave them just before his life fell apart. After giving his friends the slip for many days, Tyler thought the whole world would forget about him and he could explore the lower caves until the end of his days. The alarm sounded. Tyler wanted to roll over and forget about waking up, and then he realized the alarm was set for one hour before his parents returned from their work shift. That gave him the motivation to roll out from beneath the blankets and prepare a lunch for his journey. As he opened the door to exit into the corridor, a face appeared in the doorway directly in his path. Hi, Cassie. Could you sound a little more excited to see your friend? Tears poured down Cassie's cheeks as she struggled to finish her statement. Where do you go every day? We never see you anymore. You can't even explain what happened to you. Cassie had to stop for a moment while she caught her breath and cleared the tears from her eyes, hoping Tyler would open up to her. After a few moments of silence, her tears of sadness cleared and an angry look swept across her face. 
You tell me what's going on or I will do something I promise never to do. She paused a moment to give Tyler a chance to respond. Fine, if you don't want to talk to me, I'll find someone you will talk to. Her face was a mask of desperation. Please, Tyler. The stone walls of the cave that those two people called home was softer than the muscle pumping blood through Tyler's body. He saw a pause in the conversation and used it to walk away. For more steps than he bargained for, he could hear his best friend crying. He refused to allow any emotion into his world. His planned journey was cut short when he discovered the doors to the lower caves locked. This disappointed him. He thought he had made a discovery of his own yesterday. This was a good opportunity to put his discovery to the test. He would go for a walk outside today. Tyler made his way to the topside doorway. On his way through the corridors towards the surface, he spotted the duplicates. His friends, his friends Rory and Carly. By passing down an adjoining corridor, he was able to get around them without having a confrontation like he had with Cassie. He calculated the pace he would need to get out past the compound and stay well ahead of the gang. No time was lost in the flow of people, and dressing and preparing for a day in the sun took no extra time. Tyler walked straight through the doorway without any hesitation. The goal he set out to achieve was a 15-kilometer walk towards the southeast. He wanted to see the canyon Thor led him to, not to try and cross it or reach out to the dragons for clemency. There was another purpose to his trek across the wasteland. He counted his steps, took every turn no matter how slight into consideration. If he was correct, the lower tunnels ran very close to the wall of this canyon. He would need to check, but the memory of his walk to the canyon was quiet and gave Tyler's mind a chance to record his movements with great accuracy. It was the walk back that he wanted to forget. The walk had purpose and that meant he made better time than the last trip. He looked out over the canyon and was in awe. What could make such a scar on the surface of the grassland? He noted while leaning sharply over the edge that the canyon was relatively new, less than or somewhere around the 200 year mark. The main evidence of this conclusion was the numerous lines set approximately 1.6 kilometers apart, running directly north and south by the old compass. He could see four in total looking both ways. They looked to Tyler like a grid system. As he peered over the edge, he could see and study the contour of the lower wall, which is where he needed to set his focus. If he could determine the closest point between the canyon wall and the cave tunnels, there may be a way to draw fresh air into the deeper tunnels and improve the air quality of the entire complex. Tyler knew his theory was grand and maybe pointless, but what better way to focus his troubled mind? Pointless and useless, exactly what Tyler thought of himself. Strangely enough, as he peered over the edge of the canyon, one thought never crossed his mind. He could have just pushed forward and ended his suffering completely.
He didn't want to end his suffering. He wanted to speak to his friend. He wanted to know if any harm had befallen his friend due to his carelessness. He wanted his life to be great again. Tyler lifted his head to stare across the void. I miss you. I hope you're all right. I did not intend to harm you. The pleading echoed through the air as Tyler repeated it again, then for the third time, raising his voice every time. Tyler did not realize how much his telepathic ability had improved without being able to practice or measure his range. He could not know his words had been received the last time he shouted his plea. He had reached not only the egg, but the mother as well. Her mind was connected with her egg and Queen Eliosa together when the message came through. The little mind did not dare respond with the audience pre present in its awareness. After a few moments he found himself sitting on the edge with his feet dangling in the air. They were not swinging side to side like a happy little boy's legs. They pointed straight down like the pendulum of an old grandfather clock that never received another winding. Tyler would spend the rest of the day out there, lost in his thoughts till the setting sun broke the spell his mind was under. He had the information collected at the very beginning, just before he looked across the void. Maybe the information he really sought was beyond his sight. No matter, Tyler would be spending the night outdoors. This would be his very first experience at being truly alone. The wasteland was not as dangerous as it once was. Before the dragons cleaned up, it was filled with mutated animals. The world could not contain the disaster man was creating with all the industrialized mechanization and improved genetically modified plant growth to improve the quantity of food and protein to sustain life. Life needs more than just protein, it needs purpose. As the world collapsed in on itself and the weight of an unbalanced ecosystem caused life of every kind to reevaluate its purpose, the ocean currents could not function under the changing conditions of the ice melting at the poles. This caused a massive change in the animal population of the entire world's oceans and they lost direction then purpose followed shortly after. Like a plague, it swept up onto the shores and started to affect the life on land. With all man's wisdom, he could not stop the lemons from marching over the cliff. Mass suicide enveloped the animal kingdom. Mankind watched in horror, helpless to intervene. The story was a part of the classroom study all children needed to learn about taking care of the planet. After all, there was only one to choose from. Tyler sat there looking at the world from his vantage point. It was early autumn and he would not freeze to death. He would find shelter and glancing back towards the land behind him, he put a brave smile on his face. I will find shelter somewhere. Where did Thor take shelter? A wanderer like him must find himself sleeping under the stars more often than in a bed. His mind had snapped out of the spell. He was not talking to himself, but thinking out loud in his mind. Tyler paused his walking for a moment to ponder that thought. I could just start talking out loud to myself, then I would not have to figure out whether 
thinking and talking to myself are different. Tyler knew where to find shelter. He had spotted it after he left the road. There you are. His eyes were fixed on a hedge. A rather large hedge, all twisted up from the chemicals it had drawn in. The hedge was shaped like a waxing moon, halfway through its cycle. He looked up and saw the same crescent shape in the moon. He could crawl into the cradle of the crescent hedge and be sheltered. He looked at his temporary home and grabbed the longest of the spindly branches and tied them to the branches on the opposing side of the crescent. In short, short order, his crescent hedge had a ceiling. Enough grass grew in the crescent to offer some comfort. He would have to suffer the loss of his blanket and pillow, though. When Tyler awoke the next morning, he discovered he would have to suffer the loss of his breakfast table and breakfast combined. No matter, the bio suit he wore would offer him the water he required. Food would be at the settlement when he returned. With his business concluded early the previous day, he felt no need to return to the canyon, returning the branches to an upright condition and saying thank you to the tree for offering him a comfortable sleep. He turned a full circle to admire the devastated landscape that was still his home. As he turned, a dangerous thought entered his mind. Where does that man go when he wanders out of the settlement? Tyler was too sensible to go searching for that question immediately. He thought he might research the library when he returned to the settlement first. With that thought tucked back into the proper folder of his mind, he picked his left foot up, pointed his toes outward, and began, to, and began a rolling stride sideways to correct his course back to the settlement. He felt better somehow. The question he came out here for was answered. Now he just had to get back into the lower tunnels to locate the spot he thought would connect the canyon to the tunnels. A fresh supply of air with the safety of an impossible opening to reach, or see for that matter.